Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to each and every one of you, wherever you are listening in this world. Welcome to another session of the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe here on the Saturday Morning Motivation Show for the Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network. I am your host, C. Maria Wall, a.k.a. The Mediator, and she wrote right here at our ground zero uh, this is actually our first uh, week back. Last week, uh, the family was on a little mini vacation, and even though I did do a mini show to give you some updates and to test out our new dedicated system, we are back to our regular schedule this week. And of course, uh, on this week, it is Cerebral Conversation Week, and Sister Sean is a little bit under the weather, but she's here. I'm not feeling my best, but we are here, and it ties right into our program. We want to um, let you know that everything that we do here, we do it uh, through experience. Uh, Of course, we have some expertise, too, but one thing that we want you to understand is that We have walked through some fires, and we want to be examples of the fact that you can make it through those fires 
to shine brightly. So with that said, of course, we're on. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I wanted to say when you were just saying that, I was singing in my head through the fire, and I would do it live, but I don't want to hurt the listeners' feelings this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know what? To be honest, I was singing that in my head, too, when I said it. I was like, hmm, okay. I was like, One day you guys are catching in a really good mood. <laughs> we have been through the fire, y'all. <laughs> yes. And we had a guest a while ago, uh, and I believe her book was called Through the Fire, um, who was in our 10-year journey that we had completed celebrating last month. So we're going to jump right into our program. This may be an abbreviated program. Um I was just reading some comments. Um, I see that Tarjay just tuned in. She is already on the road this morning. So, see, she's tuning in from the road. And um, some other folks are. Drive safe. Yes, this is true. She knows better. So, of course, (laughs) um, drive safely. Well, while you're reading those comments, let me just tell to these listeners, y'all. Let me tell y'all what I did foolishly this week to get me under the weather today. And so, yes, I don't feel my my best, and it's all my fault. (laughs) So, in Ohio, I'm here, and, you know, we have some sunny days and then some really cold days, and it's really sunny when it's really cold. And uh, several times this week, I decided that, you know, the sun looks very warm and decided against wearing his own proper uh, clothing, meaning a coat, hat, or gloves. And um, it started off with a little nasal drip. And I'm like, ah, I can beat it. My immune system's going to kick in and stop it <laughs> because I didn't want to take any medicine. And, uh, you know, everybody's around you coughing and sneezing. And I'm just like, ah, oh, it's just a little sinus drip. It happens because I have that a lot. And, uh, yeah, I woke up this morning. <laughs> And that post-nasal drip got the best of my throat and, you know, just a little stuffy. So I'm just going to say to you guys, I know the weather's changing. Spring is here. But please use wisdom. <laughs> and as my mama said, when I, as I tell my kids, I'm the mom, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Put y'all coats on, y'all. <laughs> Get through this weather until the summertime or the real spring weather really, really kicks in, at least in this side of where we are. How's the weather where yeah. you are, see? Same thing, actually. Uh, you know, I was telling people yesterday, I was about, oh, gosh, three minutes from home. The skies turned jet black, and all of a sudden, it started somewhere between snow and sleet. And the wind was blowing. It was banging, and all of this ice built up on my car windshield and the streets and the sidewalks. And I was like, wait, what is this? Nobody said that this was supposed to happen. And... um <laughs> I made it home, and I took some pictures I did not share uh, yet on social media. And the odd part is nobody spoke about it on the weather. And I'm like, wait a minute. You guys didn't see what we were experiencing? And um, I guess no one would have believed it had I not um, actually shown, uh, had taken video of it. So, again, I want people to understand something. This type of weather is what the old folks used to call pneumonia weather. Um, yes. You want to keep wrapped up. I keep a light jacket or a sweater 
or sweat in a light jacket and then I keep my heavy jacket. But one thing that I don't do usually is catch a cold and things like that. If I get sick, you all have heard me say it on the show, it's something major. So I said something and not something. I'm in a mood today too, people. Um, (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, I try to keep uh, some type of jacket or sweater with me at all times because you don't know what the weather is going to be on any given day. So I want to uh, jump into the program. Uh, I'm trying to do like 50 million things at one time right now. But we have our new dedicated system. I hope you all like it. It worked well last week for uh, the abbreviated Saturday show and, of course, our Sunday morning inspiration. And um, so far, so good. Hopefully there will be no voice drops and all of that, no cutoffs. And I will be able to do the show without a glitch with our new dedicated system um, just to make sure that we bring you the absolute best of everything that we have to offer. And as I said last week, we will have guest hosts coming as well. So be on the lookout for announcements about that. And, of course, um, I told you a little bit about Focus After Dark That's coming. We are still up in the air about all of the logistics, even the name of the official name. But right now, um, we're going to just stick with Focus After Dark so that you'll know what we're talking about. And um, it's going to be a show that's for adult conversations, um, whether it be poets that have um, more sultry and uh, more adult-oriented pieces and all of that. We're going to really bring it home with so many different issues and topics that matter in this world today that so many people are hesitant to speak about. We're going to bring it to you and be your voice when you have chosen to be silent, but you have something to say. That's probably the best way that um, I can say it at this point in time, so... I hope that you will enjoy that when it gets started. So let's just jump into the program today. As I said, it's Cerebral Conversations Week. And, of course, we posted three questions. This week's questions are, are you stronger than your excuses? Which I saw Shauna had done a post about that on Instagram, and I had done a post about that on other social media earlier in the week with the same theme, are you stronger than your excuses? Second question is, do you trust your journey? And the third, which is the one that we're really going to delve into today, is are you living your karma, whether that's good or bad? But before we do that, as always, I want to give a shout out to all of the countries and provinces who have supported us for so long, for so many years, over a decade now, um, and we're still growing. And when we see new areas come on. We give you a special shout-out. So this week I want to say a special thank you to Australia, Brazil, Cambodia, Canada, Chile, China, Denmark, Germany, Greece, India, Indonesia, the Ivory Coast, Jamaica, Kenya, Macau, Malaysia, Mexico, New Zealand, Pakistan, the Philippines, Romania, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, 
Thailand, Trinidad and Tobago, Turkey, the United Kingdom, the United States. Uh, We have one unknown on this week, and to end out our list, Vietnam. So again, thank you so much for all of your continued support. Uh, We love all that you have done for us to inspire us and motivate us to continue to keep going. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as I said, while you all are thinking about those three questions, we're going to jump into this week's editorials. And these are really thought-provoking. One thing that I want to stress is that these come from real-world experiences from our commentators, and um, it's going to lead into our program today. So while Shauna is sipping on her tea and I'm trying to make it through here, um, so many of you, not sure why you can't get into the chat room today, but it seems to be working for us, so you could, might want to start the uh, site again and try then, or of course call us 646-478-4726 to listen live. I see quite a few people in our call query. Welcome to you as well. And a thank you to all of you and a hello who will be listening to our replays, by the way. So from Tarjay, a.k.a. Tarjay, uh, her piece is beyond the quote for this week is, when people say you've changed, there's a 95% chance that you just stopped acting the way they wanted you to, author unknown. A major portion of the human experience is evolution, evolution of the mind, body, and soul. It is a natural occurrence. However, some can become so accustomed to one's behaviors, emotions, habits, fears, etc., that once that person begins to morph into something different, they find they're being told that they've changed. More often times when people, when someone is told they've changed, it's because the accuser haven't the accuser hasn't evolved to the point in life where the individual's change is acceptable, especially if it is not in the favor of the accuser. We're not meant to remain the same, especially in areas where evolution is necessary. If you find that someone has seemingly changed, why would that be discouraged? Either the individual or individuals uh, individuals aren't equipped to handle the change because of the evolution that has taken place within them or lack thereof. Or the individual feels that the change is not to their personal advantage and they cannot benefit from your forward progress. It's something to think about. Task yourself with knowing what changes need to have taken place in your lives. Understand that there may be opposition to that change. Then learn to be okay with knowing that everyone cannot evolve to the next level of your journey. And we're going to stop it right there, and we'll do Allie B's a little bit later, and we're going to jump into our program for this week. As I said, Shauna and I, we're a little bit under the weather. If I sound a little bit winded, 
It's because uh, my asthma is messing with me today. So, uh, and it's windy here, so I probably won't be going too far today either. Um, but today is all about cerebral conversation. So, I know that Shauna, you had posted uh, a post that I had done, or the same theme that I had done early in the week. So, we're just going to go down the list. Are you stronger than your excuses? That's a question that so many people need to think about because a lot of us are at ground zero and we tend to stay there because we make up an excuse for every single solution to our progression. And why do we do that? (laughs) Why do we do that? Why do we make up an excuse for everything? They become almost... It becomes almost like second nature for people who habitually live in this space. Excuses are so much, It's it makes it easier for people to not to deal with life, reality, not to deal with change. <laughs> and sometimes we, mm-hmm. you know, some people even, they get so good at the excuses, it's almost like, oh, well, let me see what I can come up with next. <laughs> to hide behind this curtain of not having to do anything that I'm supposed to do in life. And oftentimes we find people in our in our circle, our family, our friends, our coworkers, or whatever strangers, they begin to support us in our foolishness, and they encourage the excuses. They you know they they stroke the excuse, and then you're like, oh, I'm getting a pity pat party. <laughs> Let me continue on with this excuse, and then you stay stuck. But you're and they're the ones that stand there. I'm I'm drowning. But they won't divorce their excuses. Don't worry, been there, done that, y'all. We're gonna get y'all through it today. <laughs> Pretty much, and I think that what you said was very um, important about people and how they view excuses. And for me, I think that excuses are like drugs. They give you that simp- that easy out for the moment, but in the end, when reality comes back. You're right there again. You're miserable because you have not moved. You have not grown. And that causes that um, depression to set in or the disappointments or the self-doubt or whatever you want to call it to all of the listeners. Excuses are like drugs. It gives you that out for the moment. It makes you forget about what you should be doing. But then... When reality sets in, you're right there at square one. And like you said, Shauna, one of the things that um, I want to touch on is support in the foolishness. You know, when people support you in your excuse making, a lot of them are doing it because, number one, they're miserable themselves. In many cases, not all people, but many. Misery loves company, and folks like the drama. They love the drama. I need you all to hear me when I say this. They love the drama. There is no um, better thing for them to do. They don't even have to get any subscriptions to any of the the types of entertainment uh, programmings. They can just sit and watch you crash and burn and enjoy doing it and continue to encourage you 
to buy into your own self-sabotage and your excuses. Um, Sean, if you want to add to that, because I believe that even we've gone through that at some point in our lives, but we have grown, we have evolved like um, TJ had said, we'll just say TJ right now, right now that um, we we know when it's time to change. And that's really going to lead me into Allie B's piece, but we're going to save that for closer to the end of the show when we round out, are you living your karma and do you trust your journey? So do you know what I thought about was when you were saying that was that think about like where did excuses come from? And we can, you know, split hairs and say, you know, it's about being just, you know, people being honest. Um, and sharing truth, and we can go down that road. But what I what came to my mind was the very first time that I can remember me being in the principal's office, getting in trouble in school, first grade. Um, I had a talking problem, believe it or not. <laughs> so I remember sitting in the principal's office because the teacher just was kind of tired of me being in her classroom, and the principal asking me um, why did I decide to you know, hold a whole conversation during class. And you you know how you respond, and I don't re- exactly remember the exact response, but I'm sure it went something like, I don't know, like I had something to say. <laughs> and so, you know, and they, the principal kept asking, well, why would you do that? Why? Why? And you begin to think like, well, maybe my truth or my answer isn't good enough. And so you begin to round the edges, embellish, and say, well, this, well, this. And you're, you keep making up an excuse or adding to the first excuse, waiting for them to accept it. And it conditions, you know, us as a child that sometimes the truth isn't good enough. But if I make it sound really good, <laughs> then it's acceptable. But the problem with that is when you're not telling the whole truth and you're embellishing it, just for an applause, for the attention, then you carry that throughout life. And then you, be, you, then you start asking, like, when you're telling the truth, it's like you want to tell the truth and you're trying to tell the truth, or your truth, I'll say. And we're just like, oh, it's not good enough. So as an adult, you say, well, you know, I'll just, well, just go ahead and give an excuse up front, let's avoid all the extra. <laughs> Let me just come up with an excuse, and it's going to be a really good excuse. And because I've been conditioned to really believe these excuses to be powerful, <laughs> I'm going to keep going. And we have given these excuses so much power that we even forget to find that truth that once lied underneath. And. Right. As we see, it doesn't, I mean, does, did that make sense to you, what I just said? I mean, that can't kind of hit me when you were first saying that. Did, can you see that? It we're does. Taught- and one of the, you know, one of the things that you said that struck me is that you brought it from childhood up to a point. And that's, that's a uh, side of excuses that I had not considered for today which I love the fact, see, people, this is what happens when we're stronger when we work together. Because as you said, as a child, 
you did this because maybe the truth, you know, would not be veered as good enough. So you make up an excuse and something where you want to embellish, so to speak. And then when we become adults, we bring some of that into our adult world. And I actually looked up the origin of excuse, but it got into a lot of fancy words that I don't want to say, but at the bottom it says, excuse simply is a release from obligation or duty or et cetera, which is where it comes in as us as adults. Now you spoke about the younger generation who could probably relate exactly to what you were just saying. And then when we become adults, some of us, instead of us doing what we need to do to be where we should go, we make up excuses. We want that release from our obligations or duties, whatever it is. If you commit to being there for someone, when they say it's you're, you're 45 minutes late, where are you? Oh, well, I got a flat. Or, oh, well, you know, it was traffic was tied up and I was waiting a little later. We These types of excuses not only hurt us because then the people who were depending on us, we get a different view of us. And then, of course, it makes us look badly because we did not stick to our word. Now, some people don't care about that, while others, in the end, they do. So, again, we have to understand that when we release ourselves from our obligation of duty, as I said, all of us are under the weather today, but the show must go on, and we are here. And even though though last week we said that we weren't going to be on I was here to give an update show and, of course, to test out the new dedicated system, which seems to be working quite lovely today. I'm so impressed. But um, when we move on, we have to have some sense of obligation and accountability. If we do not, people, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to move. We're not going to... um, be able to succeed at too much or to even appear to be someone who is dependable in the eyes of others. And I think what you said, see, the one, the biggest, one of the biggest points that stood out is accountability. We, for whatever reason, um, accountability, um, wasn't maybe taught <laughs> to people. Um, people weren't held accountable, so they got away with things. And we have not, we, we don't, some people don't know how to be accountable for their lives. And so they hide behind these excuses because it has gotten them this far. But the thing is, you want, for me, let me speak on, this is me. This is a real conversation that I had in my head some of yesterday and some of this morning. Because fitness can be a challenge for me because I sometimes still live in my head of when I was younger. <laughs> and I would wish the weight or wish, you know, something away and da da da. And now that I'm not as young as I used to be, sometimes it might take a little work. And so I lay there and I, this morning and I said, you know, continuing the conversation I had last night in my head. Like, you know, I'm going to get up tomorrow um, and I'm going to participate in this challenge that I enrolled in 
oh, I might even go up to the rec center and walk around the indoor track. Then I was like, oh, because it's too cold to go, you know, walk around the lake outside. But then I said, well, you know, it's really cold outside, and I'm already having post-nasal drip, and so I probably shouldn't go out to go to the gym, to the rec center, to walk. Oh, I probably should just lay here under the heated blanket. Let me turn up my furnace heat a little higher so that I can be cozy and warm. And then it was, oh, well, you know, I want to drink some more water, but if I drink water, I'm not going to get the rest I need because I'm going to have to run to the restroom every five seconds. And do you see all these excuses that I literally told myself between last night and today that aren't, I'm not taking accountability, A, of the reason I'm in this to begin with, (laughs) and the accountability, like if I want to be a better me, holistically, like I have to participate and I can't come up with the excuses of why I'm not going to get up and go to the rec center to walk around that track. Now, I might just stay home and do the treadmill, but guess what? That wasn't even part of my conversation in my head as an option, although I'm sitting here in my office looking dead at this treadmill. (laughs) You know, we come up, we think that they're little minor excuses, but there's, there's these baby excuses are such a reflection of who we are in totality. You know, the lies that we tell ourselves in totality, those lies that we tell ourselves that hold us back from our healing process because we won't take accountability of what led us to where we are, what led us to believe the excuses that we've told ourselves over and over and over again. Example, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm too old. You know, I don't have enough experience. The lies that we tell ourselves, if I don't think about it, It'll just go away. We wish things away. We'll just tuck them under the cover, right? And so we have to say enough is enough because literally we're not getting any younger. The world does not stop. Our life doesn't stop because we're stuck in a self-tantrum, throwing a tantrum of our life, why we are, where we are. So I think that this is an amazing show today because it's going to hold, it's going to force me to look at some of the little spaces, the areas of my life where I may not have, um, where I may have entertained an excuse. And an excuse could even just be, like I said, I'm tired. I'm just going to lay here a little longer today. Just because I selfishly say right. I have an empty home minus the dog. And, you know, it, then it, it stifles my growth. So guess what happens? Example, if I need to get up and clean today, if I have to do laundry, I have to finish laundry, right? But if I give an excuse of, oh, well, I can do this today or, you know, or or a good one would be for me, let me go take some medicine that makes me go to sleep (laughs) because, after all, my body needs rest. So we try to use a good excuse to cover up something because it's such a good – it's a good reason. Like most listeners will say, yes, Sean, you know, take whatever you need or do whatever you have to do so that you can feel better and be complete, completely healed. But I'm ignoring the fact that I have laundry to do and it's piling up, right? But then I wake up mm-hmm. later and I see that pile of laundry piling up more and more. The burden becomes heavier. Guess what? Now I cannot focus in what's in front of me to get done. And guess what? When we say focus, that's one, that is one of the laws of karma, the law of focus. Because <laughs> we can't right. think of two things at the same time. So we have to and become accountable. Yes. I agree. I agree. And, and for me, 
um, a classic example was last night I came in and I said, okay, well, it was, as I said, I came through this uncanny wind, snow, sleet, hail, storm, whatever it was, one of Satan's storms. And when I got in, I said, okay, let me get the chill out of my bones. I'm going to get under my new, um, you know, 20 pound weighted blanket. Most people, I wouldn't suggest 20 pounds for most people, but I kind of like it, but mm, no, get something a little lighter. But anyway, that weighted blanket does wonders. It makes you feel really comfortable and cozy and nice. And I said, okay. Then I turned on the television and I watched the news. And um, next thing you know, I was watching E.T. And I said, okay, I'll just stay here a little longer. So I missed doing my work out last night but wow what did did my voice just go out because it did on one of my systems but it did yes it did okay but let me go back and say I missed my workout and um in doing so I got up early this morning and what I did was and this I helped too was the fact that um, I don't do full workouts. I'll do, say, a five-minute, ten-minute workout and then come back later on and then come back later on and do another five, ten-minute workout. And, but in doing so, I missed Friday. I picked up this morning early, got up, did a workout, and now I'm trying to get back on track, which I am right now. So, again, people, we're going to keep it moving. Uh, Welcome to Gene. Uh, I see Brother Gene has joined in, and the Cosmic Doc is here. Hello, hello. Welcome to you as well, joining our show chat room. Today is all about cerebral conversations. We're finishing up. Are you stronger than your excuses? Moving into our second question is, do you trust your journey? And then, of course, our third, are you living your karma, whether that's good or bad? So to end this, be stronger than your excuses. Your excuses are your own prescription for self-sabotage. Even if you get back on track, you have to catch up for all of the other things that you had not accomplished in order for you to get back to where you are supposed to be. So make sure that you're stronger than your excuses. Of course, if you want to join our conversation, for those of you who are in our show chat room, of course, if you're on the screen name, you can type your question or comment, and we will read it for you on air. And um, for those of you in the call query, of course, you can press the number one on your phone if you'd like to join us in our conversation. But there's also something to be said, Shauna, when uh, I know for me and a lot of the listeners that we have, they love to listen to our conversations, the one-on-one conversations as well. Um, It tends to resonate with them when they are sitting like the students listening to the teachers. And, um, but 
For those of you over in our show chat room, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, A lot of people uh, are coming on late or they're already on the road. As I said earlier, I'm getting those messages. But for those of you who are here, kick off your shoes, stay a while, and enjoy the conversation. So let's see, Maria. Let me let me before we jump away from stronger than any excuses. I, I, one of the excuses that kind of hit me just now was how we come up with the, all of our excuses while we're late to work. <laughs> and from, and I have I'm guilty guilty as charged. Although I don't come up with excuses anymore. Um, and I'm not going to say much because this is a recorded radio station. <laughs> I don't want my boss ever to hear this. But um, you know, one of the things, like, think about the excuses about how we're late. We're late to work. We're late to work every day. And, oh, this happened and that happened and got behind the school bus. Now, there, you know, there are traffic jams and things like that. I totally understand that. But when I think, when I was thinking about the whole, the excuses we come up with, like, we rehearse excuses in our head before a, before a situation even occurs. Like, I don't know how many people, but so many people have, like, literally like a drawer full of excuses, like, oh, I need an excuse for this. And they reach in and they pull this out, you know, and they read it. And the thing is, how if we invest our energy on just being honest and our, you know, being honest and truthful, like instead of saying, you know what, boss, you know, I woke up late, you know, and then this happened and I couldn't find my favorite shirt this morning. Oh, and then the iron wouldn't heat up, you know, and we go on and on because we want to, again, we want to embellish it to make it sound really, really, really good and believable. How about, you know, we try. I didn't hold myself accountable. So when the alarm went off, I didn't get up. I didn't value your time as, you know, over my time. I know you're waiting for me for the eight o'clock meeting. I'm on my way. I apologize. We don't even we don't apologize to like for the excuses we make. We ex, we really expect people to accept our foolishness because we are not accountable to ourselves. So that is a call for every call of action for everyone. No excuses this coming week for going to work late. <laughs> no excuses this coming week for not getting your work assignments done. And there's valid reasons again. But let's try to take ourselves away out of our own shoes and look kind of inwardly and say, hey, you know, instead of giving an excuse, how about I put a little extra effort into being accountable to my word? And I'm holding my hand up. I'm raising my hand because I, too, am going to join you guys on that this week. And the thing is, um, Shauna, that so many people, as you said, you know, they – think that people are going to believe them. It's not about what anybody else believes. It's the fact that we have convinced ourselves that this excuse is the true cause of our non-movement. We've convinced ourselves. So as long as we believe it, that's first and foremost. And all we have to do is express it to others and everything is going to be okay. And that's not the way it works because so many people don't realize. There's, I see some people Monday through Friday and beyond. I know that they're lying from the time their lips start to move. But some people yes. have been doing this for so long, they believe what they are saying to be true. I'm like, you probably get hooked up to a lie detector test and pass it because you believe what you're saying to be true. I have someone, it's so funny, 
He told a story one day that his mom was bedridden and she's old. Now, one week she was 70, the next week she was 86, and then he told someone else that she was like 92. So I'm like, I don't know what his mother's age is. He's younger than me, so I don't know how that goes, but okay. She's bedridden, and the reason why he can't come to work on time is because he's got to take care of his bedridden mother. And then one day he showed up really, really, really late, and it's because his mother fell walking out of the x-ray room, and nobody would help get her up. I'm like, so let me understand. Your 70, 80, 90-year-old mother who's bedridden fell walking out of an (laughs) x-ray. But then you have leadership. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about working leadership who's just as inept. Mm-hmm. And when there's people in leadership roles who don't belong there, they say, oh, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe it did happen. Maybe uh, she was in a wheelchair and then she fell out of the wheelchair. I'm like, anytime leadership makes up excuses, it becomes a bad situation. That's just an example, people, of how excuses can grow into a toxic, unhealthy environment, whether it be in the workplace or whether it be in your families or at home. I always tell people, you know, one of these days you're going to become part of my narrative because I hope that you catch the program and maybe you understand, oh, my gosh, that'll be someone's wake-up call to say, they're not buying into my BS. Nope, not going to happen. So when you think that your excuses are getting you out of something or making you be in the clear, you are so mistaken because I'm telling you now, 9.75 times out of 10, The people who you're giving your excuse to already know that it's bogus, it's not real, it's a lie, or an embellishment or whatever you want to call it. That's just like someone who said, now someone else was telling me that my my voice is going in and out really badly. No, it's it's clear on my end. It's clear on my end. I can hear you. Is anyone else, if you're in the chat room, is my voice going in and out? Because it's clear on my end. I'm listening through several players, and it's coming through clearly. So if you're in the chat room, let me know if you can't hear me clearly. Um, But I am getting messages that my voice is going in and out. But I promise you, if you come back and listen to the replay, and I'm hoping that when I come back, It's not something that's going on that we're not hearing because my voice seems to be clear. Minus that first little glitch, this time it's been clear. So I'll go back and listen to the replay. We hope it clears up. Right. No, it's good. I hope it clears up because, you know, we're saying some really good stuff here, like real life stuff here. Yeah. And, um, but again, We know that the excuses are just that. So I need you all to maybe possibly consider, as Shauna said, you know what, sometimes try a little honesty and transparency and truthfulness. It goes a long way uh, instead of making up the stories because, like I said, at least 9.75 of people realize that um, it's not the truth. Right. So, again, if right. for those of you just joining us, we just finished up question one of three for our cerebral conversations for this week. Are you stronger than your excuses? 
So we want to end it with saying be stronger. Go a different route. Do whatever you have to do, but be stronger than your excuses. So now we're moving on. Do you trust? And let me say this. Hold on. Let me say this and ending on that one. Get out of your comfort zone. Like you become too comfortable. We become too comfortable in the excuses because we're afraid. We're, we're thinking that the, what we're trying to accomplish might be bigger and take too much. But guess what? Get out of your comfort zone and trust yourself. But it leads to trusting the journey because if you trust the journey, you can trust yourself. <laughs> yep. And I'm gonna and then, I'm gonna just and, hit mute for a quick second. Got to go into a coughing fit, people. <laughs> okay. But one thing that I want to add is that. It's not about thinking that your journey or your your obligation is bigger. Sometimes we make up excuses for things we just don't want to do. Next time, just mm-hmm. say, hey, listen, I don't want to do it. Two words, but so powerful, no. no. If you don't want to do no. it, just say no. Just say no. Say it with a no. No. And one of the things that I teach, um, I taught the young, and I always say to everyone that I work with, when it comes to no, if someone asks you a question and it requires a, an immediate response, it's easy and simply, you know, I simply say to people now is if you need an immediate response, it's going to be no. However, if you give me time to think on it to see if it works for me, I can respond to you later, period. But don't be afraid yes. to say no. You, you, don't, you, ha- you don't have to be married or feel that, a com- you know, you have to be committed or obligated to say yes to everything or, or let me come up with an excuse because I don't want to, I want to offer a gentle blow. It's simply no. And that's okay. And with that said, we're going to move on to question number two. Do you trust your journey? Which also ties into, again, the excuses and all of that because so many times, again, we are our own worst enemy. We let our minds, our spirits, our souls, whatever it is, convince us that we're not worthy, that we um, should not be on this journey. There's this thing called the imposter syndrome. And a lot of people who've gone through, we talk about this a lot in one of my uh, doctoral um, groups that I belong to. It's called the imposter syndrome. It's where even though you've gone through all, and some people, it's not an imposter syndrome. Yeah, you skated your way through, and you don't deserve everything that you've been given, but, hey, that's a show for another day. But for some, you work your butt off, you try to get to this point, and then once you get there, because the naysayers have been in your ear for so long, you develop this thing called the imposter syndrome, where even though you have acquired and obtained that goal, you don't feel as though you're deserving of it. But before you even get to that point, we need to talk about the journey from the beginning to that point. And when you don't have enough trust in what you're doing to know that you should keep going, the naysayers are going to infiltrate your mind, your spirit, and your soul, and you will find yourself either sitting down or giving up altogether. So folks in the chat room, you want to chime in on that? I'm going to turn it over to Shauna. But again, I'm going over here to look at some of the 
comments over on social media uh, because we do have a lot of people who are listening um, through the players from wherever you are. So I'm going to go back over here and try to read some of those and get some responses together for that. So do I, do you trust the process? I have to, when I reflect back on my many processes, <laughs> my many journeys, um, I have to honestly say in my younger years and not even that far back that, no, I didn't trust the process. Um, and because I couldn't trust the process, I couldn't even, like I didn't even trust myself to trust the process, if that makes sense. Um, because I, the reason I felt like I couldn't trust myself is because what if I made yet another wrong decision? Um, or what if I yet fail again? Um, what if I allow my emotions to get the best of me and then my this journey is, in my mind, is going to be derailed? So hence it ties again yet back to the excuses that I used to tell myself to avoid trusting myself and trusting the process. Um, there has, for me, there had to be a level of um, understanding that I had to accept something in order to change it. So if I didn't accept that there needed to be a change in this journey, I couldn't trust. I couldn't trust it. I could not trust what I couldn't see. I wanted to know up, up front what the outcome was, and I know that's very immature thinking. But I wanted to know exactly what the outcome was, so that if I didn't like it. <laughs> I can try to change the journey's path as though I could escape karma. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, okay, you're going to keep repeating this, and you guys heard this. You're going to keep repeating this until you learn the lesson. Keep repeating it until you're going to learn the lesson. But I did not grasp that. You know, I had lots. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But then 10 years down the line, I'm like, okay, let's let's do an examination. Let's just do a quick review of all the lessons that keep coming back. And then it's like you can see sometimes I made a little more progress. Like I got through step one through, say, three the first time, or let's say one to one the first time. Oh, I made it up to one to three on lesson 10. Oh, I, I made it up to step five, and now I'm on lesson 100. And I think about how much time that I allowed to escape me because I didn't just trust the process to be. I was trying to control. And if I just took time to think about how much my control and my hands in it didn't get me far to begin with, I wish I would have relinquished those those reins of control a little earlier in the process because it hinders the healing. And then when, I, when I'm hindering the healing, I didn't realize that, you know, bitterness was setting in deeper, fear was setting in deeper, you know, even deeper trust issues were setting in. And so I'm here to say that on the other side, and there are times still when a new journey comes up and I have to examine the process, I, I am inquisitive. I'm going to ask, I am that kid, why, why, why? That's just part of who I am. But, however, I don't take the whys. I don't use the whys anymore for excuses. I just look at them as benchmarks to examine what I am facing at that moment, if that makes sense. So just know yeah. that to move forward, you have to trust yourself in your journey so that you can trust the process. 
and know that you're going to make mistakes. I made them. See, Maria has made them. But if you, when you find yourself derailing, just ease yourself back on the path. <laughs> and ask yep. yourself, ask yourself, why do I not trust this step in the process? Because sometimes it becomes something that you can, you know, tie back to childhood or whatever, or it might just be the fear of the unknown. But ask yourself, why don't I trust this stuff in the process? And you'll be surprised. And then just focus and be determined to press through whatever that blockage is. Don't spend a whole lot of time. My personal, I don't spend a whole lot of time, you know, addressing the blockage. Let's see how this wall was erected. (laughs) Because then um, I'm getting derailed, and I'm, again, not trusting the process, and I'm coming up with the excuses. But just that's what I do. I now ask myself. So that's another challenge I give my listeners today. And I want to, I want to um, transition into uh, the commentary from Allie B. today. This comes straight from the pages of her life. So I want you all to understand about this. It's going to take us very deeply into the need to trust our journey. So Allie B. wrote, I recently took a leave of absence from work beyond stressed and depressed. I went to the doctor, was prescribed medication, and was written out of work. I had been operating in the throes of anxiety and depression. Had I not taken leave, it only would have gotten worse. At home with my youngest, I began to think about what I needed to do to start to feel better. I crocheted and got back into writing. Whenever the thought of returning to work would creep up, anxiety would try to take hold of that thought and cause me to panic. As much relief as I felt about being at home, going to work was going to have to be my reality. I just knew I was determined to find a job in another field, maybe even in another state. An intense job search ensued every day. I scoured the Internet searching for opportunities that would allow me to leave my current job. Countless applications and resumes were sent out. None of them panned out. I was devastated. I know my talents and capabilities. Why didn't anyone want to hire me? Why couldn't they see how much I needed this change? While still on leave, I began reading scriptures. I have a Bible app on my phone. From that app, I select plans to read based on how I am feeling and or thinking. I found a plan called When Life Changes. For several days, I was supposed to read daily devotionals about how to react when life changes and what God has planned for us in times of transition. By day five, I had my answer. Sometimes it's not our circumstances that need to change. It is we who need changing. I spent so much time thinking about how unhappy 
I had been at my current position, lamenting the negative change in those who I am to lead and instruct. But I did not look at myself and the changes I had experienced. My own negative responses colored my opinion of where I need to stay. Then I realized it's not my time to leave the job where I have worked for the past 11 years, a hard pill to swallow. I began to settle into the idea that the change I wanted and needed had to come from me. I returned to work an old place with the intention of approaching the job with a shift in mindset. We're going to talk about that when this is done, a shift in mindset, a new attitude. It's truly a work in progress as old habits and old ideas tend to want to stay relevant. This season of change is all about how I view situations and people. It is also about how I respond to them. I get it now, and I'm working through my struggles. Perhaps once my attitude has been fully adjusted, I can move on and seek opportunities differently because I will be able to fully appreciate them and not mar the opportunities through negativity. So much was said in that piece. So much was said in that piece, Shauna. Yeah, that was actually a very good, um, I like that. That was well written. One of the things I thought about was um, how we try to escape, (laughs) as she mentioned in her piece, how we try to escape thinking that, um, especially when you try to escape locations, like you want to just move, start over. Let me start over fresh. And that's wonderful for some people and it works for some. But if your mind, like you said, if your mindset isn't changed, it doesn't matter which zip code you move into <laughs> or leave, you're still going to have to face those same inward struggles. We try to change jobs. <laughs> we try to change, you know, a new circle of friends. And there's benefits to some of everything that I'm saying, yes, I'm not ignoring that. But instead of us, like she said, looking within to change that mindset, no matter where we go, just thinking, thinking is going to follow <laughs> if we don't address it. I like that piece. Yeah. And and I'm, I mean, I'm looking over it again and again. And, you know, I thought about it. When we're going out and we're looking at jobs, we're going about it all wrong. When we have this ugly, I, I have a really bad toxic work environment. And when I'm looking, I found myself applying for jobs I really didn't want just to get away from where I was. And then I'm like, oh, God, I'm praying, please reject this application because I'd hate to have to tell you I really don't want this job. You know, I've done it before several times, and I know what I need to do and where I need to be. And when I started to look at it from where my passion lies as opposed to trying to run from that toxic situation, my outlook is different. When I go to work, I really just don't care. Um, I just don't, you know, I'm not going to let the ineptitude of leadership and employees who just don't want to work but get paid every every two weeks, you know, and, and enjoying life and not doing much. That's not my cross to bear because in the end, everything that's done in the darkness comes to light. 
And the best thing that I can do is stay calm and work towards my passion so that when I leave, like I told the boss's boss's boss, I will be gone and watch them all crash and burn. That is it because I know what I'm bringing to the table, but they don't recognize and they allow the worst people to get away with everything, the million and two excuses, the lies, the deceit. And there's always a question of why they're not moving forward to handle the worst employees in a proper manner. So, again, all of this comes in to play. And over in our show chat room, Jean writes, just talked about it yesterday. Whatever is in you will follow you no matter what place you move. And that is so true. I think that Allison's piece today speaks volumes. And this did come from the pages of her life because I told her, I'd written back and I said one of the concerns that I had for her was the fact that you're walking away from your job without a plan in place, without a solution waiting for you on the other side of, you know, her her um, exodus from a job that she had held for 11 years. So again, you must trust your journey, but before you can trust your journey, you have to believe in and trust yourself. You have to heal from the inside outward before you put that foot on that path. You have to take care of what's inside. You have to make peace with that. No one can move ahead. You know, I always say when people do all these programs with the feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff gurus, they tell you how to be successful and how to market your, your plan and how to do this. And I'm the one in the background saying none of this will work. If you are broken and in turmoil internally, none of this will work for you. None of it. And this is like a wonderful topic. Maybe we will save living your karma for next week because we're really coming down a wire. We have less than an hour. But I want to make sure that we understand that we have to. It starts from within, not outwardly, but from, but from within. We can run, but we will never hide. When we're like magnets dragging everything negative right along with us. And the sad part is when we do that, even if we're blessed enough to get that new position, the ghosts from the past are going to be there whispering in our psyche. It's going to be whispering in our ears. And then we're going to look at everyone We'll even be questioning why people at our new job are so darn nice. And before you know it, we'll be looked upon as the person that has come here, and everyone was being nice, but we're the one who's being nasty or standoffish, and no one understands why. So we have to do, as everyone has said today, it starts from within. We have to be the change before we can make the change. But see, Maria, I don't want to look within, <laughs> you know. It's easier just to point the finger and make excuses. <laughs> That's what we That's hear all the time. In the coaching. As a life this coach, we hear that all the time. <laughs> but this it's is not why me, it's them. <laughs> yep, again, going back to what do we say at first, are you stronger than your what? Excuses. Excuses. So, again, people, and that's – I'm telling you, Shauna, some people are probably sitting home, they've crossed their arms, they put down that 
frying pan or whatever they were in the middle of doing said, what? <clears throat> they don't know mm-hmm. what they're talking about. Well, you know what? Mm, if that's the way you feel, maybe you're not ready for that change because that right. type of thinking, again, is the roadblock to your success because you're not hearing the sprinkles and, and blue skies, sunshines, and puppy dogs and picket fences that the feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff gurus are telling you, you're getting the ugly, brutal facts now. And in doing so, that's pissing you off. Again, that's your self-sabotage coming to visit again and again and again. So that's what the, the and- point Today is that we have to, we have to understand that it starts with us. And for those of you who have those arms folded, I'm going to pull the old mother type sound. Unfold them arms. (laughs) Stop pouting. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you were talking about the workplace. And, you know, just over the years of, you know, having different jobs or whatever, you know, I would say, oh, I can't stand this place. You know, like, oh, this part, the boss is so horrible to me. And, you know, they're out to get me. And, you know, I would just cringe walking, pulling up in the parking lot. Like, oh, it was almost like I got to serve this jail sentence for these next eight hours or so, so that I can get out of there. And then, you know, I was, I was you know, through listening to certain things and certain people, one day I was like, you know, I really need to just change my attitude. I have to see this place for what it is. You know, it's my place of employment. You know, I may not have fall, I may have fallen out of love with my career choice at this moment. You know, so, but it's not, I can't take it out on these people. You know, I had to refocus and say, okay, why, God, why am I here today? You know, like, why Why did you give me this job? What mission did you give me? What was my purpose of being here? Allow me to refocus on that, to take the focus off of me and redirect it, to say, okay, have I accomplished or have I finished the mission that was placed, in, you know, in front of me? And so then I also started having, as I always you hear me say all the time, I, you know, I started looking at people at my workplace and having compassion you know, for people and their weaknesses. Like, you know, they have a weakness in whatever, you know, and I, instead of me getting bent out of shape, oh, my goodness, no, they didn't. You know, do they know who they messing with? You know, that kind of thing. To say, okay, you know what, A, what did they say so that irritated my soul today? (laughs) You know, like why did it irritate my soul so much today or any day for that matter? And then I started doing reevaluations and started looking at them through different lenses because we tend to run from things, situations, relationships, jobs, thinking that it's, uh, you know, it's always them. When, it, like we just said, if you look within and you're going to realize, wow, if I can just, if I adjusted my thinking and my thought process in this direction, you know, not saying that your job, you'll be there forever because everything has an expiration. But if I would have changed my thinking just two degrees to the right, <laughs> then I would have realized that it was me all along and it wasn't them. 
or there was a bigger picture happening and I missed it because I was so focused on the mundane, you know? Right. I was trying to look. I just looked up. I'm sorry. I was taking a deep breath. I looked up and Jean put a couple comments out here um, in the chat room. Jean said, unfortunately, a lot of us can't or won't quit a toxic job before finding another. We can't. I'm a solo act, but I know I can't depend on anyone to, to provide a roof, food, or car, etc. He goes on to say, so no matter how bad I hate my workplace, I know I have to endure it until I am blessed with something better. I've had 12 years of that, but I couldn't do anything but endure it until it was my time to transition to better. I had to trust the journey and that I have that I have been placed on and as always trust that when he feels that I'm ready, I will finally move to the next phase in my journey. Even in the most toxic workplace, there was lessons about me that I had to learn. It seemed that once I learned the lesson that God meant for me to learn, I was then blessed with a new job. And amen to that, Brother Jean. Amen to that. Yes. Yes. We we ought to, we want yes. to we want to skip so many different steps in the process because we think that we are all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> and I'm not discounting your you know your education you know your experiences, but sometimes we have to humble ourselves a little <laughs> so that we can get in a position to learn what we need to learn. Because guess what? What if you were put in that, that role in that particular company to learn how to run it? So because what's coming is possibly your own company in that same line of business, and you have to learn it all. You have to sometimes take a step back and say, look within to look at the bigger picture. Because I can't learn, you know, the banking industry if I'm walking in there, you know, with this horrible attitude every day or don't understand the value of money. So instead of throwing our hands up so quickly, like Jean said, even in the most toxic workplaces, see what lessons that we can learn about ourselves while we're in that environment so that we can be better when it is time for us to move on and even work for yourself, or even if it is working for a different company. Embrace, yeah. so in all that I say, embrace the lessons. And once you do, Shauna, I believe that people will find that their vision becomes clearer when they do exactly that. People, try it. Just try it for yourselves. While so many of you have your arms folded and you're determined to fight against the words that you're hearing today, somewhere deep down in the back of your cerebral cortex, you know what we're saying is true. Or it may be that one thing that you haven't tried yet that could be the very thing that you need to do to break free from the chains that are holding you back holding you down and in place where you have little to no movement. I know that I was in a ment- I'm in a mentoring program at my job, and my mentor said something. He said, you know what, we need to figure out how to get you out of where you are, even if that means going down a different career path. And for the last couple of months, I have heard from so many people that one of my strong points is teaching is being a teacher. One of the things that I love to do that's part of my job function that they don't appreciate to pay me for is that I train 
people because honestly, there's so many people who have embellished on their resumes that have gotten jobs that they're unqualified for and know zero about or have zero qualifications for that someone who does know needs to train them so that the person who is the trainer's job becomes easier. When they have to deal with these inept people who don't know what they're doing, that just puts a lot of burden on, could be you, could be anyone. So we need to understand this game plan that sometimes, sometimes kicking rocks on the wrong path, when that fork in the road comes, maybe instead of us going right, we need to go left. Because our real true journey, our real true passion, and our destiny is waiting down a different road. Did I lose? I'm sorry, I was on, I'm sorry, I was on mute. I'm just a talking. You guys know I have a spirit of being on mute and just, <laughs> I was like, well, why is she saying <laughs> Sorry about that. That's user error. User error. No, no, lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, let me get back to it. Let me get back to it. Um, so what you, I like what you were just like. I love like what you were just saying, because there are going to be people around us that are title wise, degree wise, they look amazing, and they can create. Like I help people. So one of the things I do, I help volunteer um, and help people. Um, create their resumes, make them look a little better. Um, But in the workshop that I have with them, I always say that you can lie and look stellar on this resume, but when you open up your mouth, the truth will be told. (laughs) Right. And so I kind of tell people, like, you have to know what C was saying. Know your passion. I understand people need jobs right now. And, you know, so some people are like, I'm just going to take what I can get right now um, and I'll deal with, you know, the unhappiness along the way. But when you take that time to do a self-evaluation, to look inside, look within of what drives you, what sparks you, what your passions are, what, what do you love to do? What would you love to do, as they say, without being paid? If you could have a career and not be paid for it but have all your needs met, what would that be? And because... When you when you're sitting in an interview, right? Let's let's like we're in an interview right now, see, right? And I, you know, I hand you my resume, and everybody can look the exact same on a resume. You can, everyone can make themselves look the exact same. And I'm looking at this resume, and I'm looking at the person, and I'm looking at the resume, and I'm looking at the person, and you have to allow your emotional intelligence to kick in in interviews nowadays, um, and your BS radar has to be high <laughs> because you have to get through it, but. With that said, it becomes, if I'm looking at the bigger picture and I'm taking myself out of the equation, yes, I need this job, but is it worth me compromising my integrity? Is it worth me even compromising their, the, the job's mission? Because I know I'm going to walk in with a stinky attitude um, and I'm going to look at this as just a job, so I might not give them stellar performance. I'm just going to give them mediocre performance just so I can collect this paycheck and move on. When you realize that life is bigger than you, there's more to life than just this this small five minutes 
of my contribution at this time. You start saying, wow, okay, hold on. Yes, you're big, you're mighty, you're smart, you're intelligent, and all those wonderful things you contribute to society in such a great way. But you're never going to reach those heights if you keep your eyes focused only on you. Does that make sense? That was really me asking yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was literally asking. Yeah, let me. I think that. Let me put a different spin on that, I think. Because this is the beauty mm-hmm. of this show today, because we're bringing people different perspectives on the same thing. I think that so many of us, we spend so much time running from the toxic work environment, running from all of this, that some of us, we're looking forward with the focus on the toxicity, when, as you said, we should be looking forward with the focus on us, because I need to find out what my passion is. You know, so many of us, we're working in the wrong fields. Say, so many people have told me lately, and I just did a training session a few days ago, and in the mentor class, one of the people who I trained a few days prior to, she was sitting next to me. And um, somehow they were talking about going down different paths and something, and it said that I'd make a great leader, teacher, this and that. She said, you should teach because you are extremely good at that. And she was like the um hundredth person that has said that to me. When I graduated from school last year, a lot of people said, are you going to be teaching? Out of the blue. There were people that were asking me, I said, I haven't really thought about that. You know, they said, you make a great teacher. I've heard this from a million people. And what's going to happen is, and I'm seeing it now, is that listeners who are sending me messages are saying, well, that's what you do every time you're on the radio. You're our teacher. And that's something that, and I love to do it. And they said, you can see the passion when you do it. And I said, okay. So maybe I've been on the wrong career path for almost 40 years. Something for you all to think about. If you're on the wrong career path, Don't stay on it. No matter how long you've been on it, it's never too late as long as you have that infamous breath in your body to move forward. And so many people say they can't see the big picture. And let's go back a little bit to something that you had said earlier, Shauna, um, about trusting in what you cannot see. You said something to that effect, and I said, well, people, I look at it like this. I can't see air, but I know that it exists because we're all breathing. So you have to apply that to your journey. You have to apply that to your journey, people. You're not going to see the big picture. That's not the point because we don't know what job you're going to end up with or what destination is going to be there for you. You have to prepare yourself for the journey. So in doing that, yes. Yes, Shauna, what you said, yes. I was not hesitant about agreeing with what you said as much as I was trying to figure out how to add the other side of that to it, where so many of us, we're looking at things wrong. We're looking at 
the negativity instead of finding the positive that makes our spirits sing. So that's what I was trying to, um, I guess, contrast and correlate with what you were saying. Yes, and I know I was rambling, so thank you for going down that rabbit hole with me. Um, And so, you know, I thought, you know, when you were saying that, I was thinking about, you know, and I know we're going to try to tie over the karma conversation to a different day, but there's several just laws of karma that we can address there, Um, you know, the here and now. Um, Like you you cannot be here and now if you keep looking backwards to examine what was, you know. Versus, right. um, you know, looking forward, you know, old thought patterns, our old behaviors and things like that, you know, our old, I don't want to even call them old dreams, like our goals that need to be reworked. <laughs> you know, you, you can't be right. here and now and you're holding on to yesterday. Right. All of this, everything that we've been saying all morning, everything is all it goes just back to within. How well do you know yourself? How do you, how well do you know yourself? You know, and are you when you look in the mirror, are you really okay with who you see? Do you know who you see? Look beyond the skin. Because we're I will never if I'm looking in the mirror right now and I've made it this fictitious resume, I've created all these amazing excuses, and I believe them, <laughs> and I believe them, how could I trust myself when I look in the mirror because I don't even know who I am. I don't even know what I, who I'm looking at. So then you say, okay, Shauna, I see these wonderful things in you. You should become this, and you should beco- or you should become that because I've created this fictitious life, this image that I have now believed because I've repeated it so much. And so it becomes like, well, how do I get back on path? Like, how do we tear away all these layers of misguided truths so that we can get back to who we are so that we can grow in the trusting ourselves so that we can grow into this, grow to trust the journey, the steps and the processes of the journey so that we can get to who we were meant to be from the beginning. So it's all about, let's peel, we're here to help you peel all these layers of this onion back and off to get to the authentic you. Yep. We have to, we have to examine us from the inside out. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that once we do that, we have to understand that this growth and this change may require being replanted in a different pot, so to speak. You know, we don't yes. want to bring the negativity with us. It may consist of changing your entire circles. Mm-hmm. We are thirsty for something, people. And I wanted to kind of um, segue into this uh, post that uh, I found earlier today. It says, don't let getting lonely, because this is going to be a lonely journey for you. Because when you go to work, you never feel more alone. Or when you're in that family setting that's toxic, you never feel more alone. But don't let getting lonely make you reconnect or try to make it work with all the wrong toxic people. Don't do it. 
you know, just uh, it says the, this post goes on to say you shouldn't drink poison just because you're thirsty. And what does that mean? That means simply that when you make up excuses and you need that, that thing, remember I said excuses is like a drug. So you would rather drink that pretty poison to try to cope, so to speak, and to convince yourself that maybe you're just not worthy of moving on. Maybe you're not not this. Maybe you're not that. So you drink the pretty poison. But when you come back to reality, the ugly truth is still sitting there waiting for you. And don't wait. That minute turns into an hour. That hour turns into you know, several hours to several days, several days turns into several weeks, months, years, and so on. And before you know it, it's too late. And we don't want you to get to the too late point. So don't do it. Don't worry about what everyone else is getting away with or what they've been, you know, awarded or rewarded with. Don't worry about that. That's not your cross to bear. You have to decide for you what journey you're supposed to be on, what's going to make your spirit leap and your soul sing. That's what matters. Like Shauna said, put yourself first. Focus on you for once. And one of the things that um, I had picked for the karma piece, which we're going to move into next week because I think that's going to be much larger than 33 minutes. You may not get caught for everything you do, but you will pay for everything you have done. They will pay for everything they have done. The rewards that they are getting now, one of two things. Number one, you can't take it with you on your last days or your last day. Number two, they will pay for everything. In the end, and some people, if you be silent enough and watch them, you know that they're working a million times harder to try to convince everyone around them that they are deserving of that promotion, of that pay, of that position, whatever it is. They're working a million times harder. I know my job. I can ramble off my job in my sleep. Boom, boom, boom. You call, I'll have an answer for you or be able to show you how to get to the results that you need. Whereas the people who are prospering, the false prosperers, as I call them, the bottom line is they have to work extra hard to convince people. And in the end, if you really look around and see their lives, they're still losing things. Even at my job, the so-called leader their positions are being taken away, but because it's, I work in the world of privilege, they're not going to get rid of each other. They're just going to keep taking away their duties and functions because, heaven forbid, they lose one of their own. And they're not going to give the chance to someone who doesn't look like them, who does qualify for the positions. That's not going to happen. But, again, Use all of that wherever you are, family or work or professional life. Use all of that as your motivation and your momentum to move towards what makes your spirit happy and your soul sing and your lives leap. That's what you need to do. 
Don't worry about it because these people live in their own special lie, and they know it. Even though they won't admit it, they know it. So you need to trust the journey that you're meant to be on, not necessarily the journey that you're on right now. Let me share something, C, because <clears throat> I want to share something that I have that I have done. So I'm, I work, you know, I have my job, and there came some, you know, there were some moments in my job where it was just like, you know, why am I here? And it wasn't why am I here questioning like there has to be better, but just questioning like I'm sick of this, you know, the people. I'm sick of the people. It had nothing to do with the mission of the, you know, the company. It was some of the people that I worked with. Some people, in my opinion, they just want to make my life very hard and miserable <laughs> in this place of unemployment. And, you know, it wasn't the, it's not the exact career path I wanted to be on, um, but, you know, I have, I had children. I had, you know, um, the real estate market had, had crashed when I returned back to the workforce. So it's like I have, you know, I had kids with two tuition bills, had to work. So it became a necessity, Right. And so things were going not so well for a period of time at my job, and it wasn't my passion. I wasn't passionate about it. So, you know, it became, you know, you got up to go to work because you had to do it, and that drove you to get there. But then things started happening, and it's just like, oh, I was like, oh, my God, I'm like almost miserable. Like, I don't want to even come in here every day. And then it was like, you know, but, God, how do I pursue my passion? Like, I need a job. I need a, I need a paycheck, God. But how do I pursue my passion when I know clearly that this isn't it? And I begin to, like, try to, like, you know, God, really just show me what I can do where I can be satisfied and have a balance, right? And so, lo and behold, one day someone reached out to me at work via email and said, hey, you know, we have this program this initiative at the you know at work where you can volunteer and speak to people and you can help them and you can help guide them and you can do this and that and I was like oh well look at this a place that I had been so miserable with and you know if Ed McMahon walked and knocked on my doorbell I would have like danced and not even sprinkled a few dollars behind me on the way out the door (laughs) They also offered an opportunity that spoke to my passion. And I said, you know, well, I'm going to take advantage of it. So I began to, you know, work with this initiative, and I'm helping people. And, you know, I was able to, you know, coach people and help them see things differently and encourage them. And I was really excited. But then that also came with limitations because guess what? Now I'm, even though, I'm operating outside of my job description. I was still operating under the realms of my company's name. So I had, there was, you know, some fine lines I had to walk because I couldn't go all in and say all the things I wanted to say because I was also being governed by my company, which is fine, but I was still able to maneuver around it. But I'm saying this because as I began to embrace that process and not look at, um, the obstacles, the walls that were built around me by my company, but I was just focusing on the passion, like, oh, my goodness, I'm loving this. My company has provided an opportunity and a way for me to to dance in the waters of my passion. And I didn't, I chose not to become frustrated with, oh, Shana, you can't go in that direction with that conversation because of, you know, our job. Okay. Instead of getting frustrated, I learned to dance in the puddle that I was given. Because I started seeing 
look, I can grow here in this puddle. I can be fulfilled in this puddle to a certain degree with the work that I am passionate about. And as I began to focus on that puddle, I didn't no longer, I didn't just see it as just this little puddle anymore. It became a stream that energized me. So now it's like, oh, I can go to work now and I'm happy. I I literally became happier because I was given this puddle to play in. And when I began to focus on the content of the puddle, the reason behind the puddle, I started to be able to focus on, you know what, I can actually at this time work this career, this nine to five, to fund my life, my children's lives, and pour into building to make my puddle into a lake. And so what I'm saying is opportunity knocks within those small puddles because as I focused on helping people in that puddle, we sometimes say that we don't realize people are watching. We sometimes get focused on we're just become busy working bees. We don't think people are watching the work that we're doing, even when it's in the puddle and not at my desk. Yesterday I received an email from, um, we have a book club at my job, and I joined it, you know, just give me something else to do. And honestly, may I be honest, I actually first initially joined it because I'm like, oh, I need something to put on my year-end performance review. That was my initial reason for joining this book club. But in the book club, they're they're picking books that I'm allowed, I, you know, we're, when we're talking, I joined via phone, but when we're talking, I tie it back to that puddle, the experiences that I get to have in this puddle because my job helped me, they created this puddle for me to dance in. And I got an email yesterday that said, hey, you know, when we talked, you know, you mentioned coaching and you mentioned vision boards and you mentioned this and that. This month's book is this. We would love for you because we like how you bring that energy to the table here, per se. We, we think that that would be a good tie-in. Would you help present that piece? So you have to sometimes take that puddle to create your own lake, to create your own ocean, right? And that's what I, I did, and I have the opportunity to do. So don't focus on how small that size of that puddle is. Focus on the big ocean. Uh-oh, I just almost fell over my desk. <laughs> focus on the big ocean that that puddle can grow into. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so many, I think that one of the things that you said, and I want people to understand this, notice Shauna was speaking about the puddle. So many of you think that you can just up and jump into the ocean while some of you can't even swim. So the bottom line is that you need to understand something. Start with the puddle. So I need you all to, I'm getting that some people, yeah, it's been going in and out for them. Maybe it's reception on their end. Um, they, are, they did hear you talk about the puddles. So we do know that maybe it's because some people are on the road listening and they are in um, not so hot spots. So we hope that you'll come back and listen to the um, 
the replays, and hopefully they will go through without a hitch. Um, but again, you want to start. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me ask this question. I'm sorry. See, am I breaking up their saying too? You were. Is that what this is? Okay. Sorry. But um, it's fine on my end because again, people. I literally use both sides of my brain independently. So one side I'm talking, the other side I'm actually listening to the program. And I'm, I also have one, two, three, four systems going that are listening to the program as well. So the only time past the glitch that I had, everything seems to be working fine. Some folks are still sending me messages, but I hope that if you give the replay a listen, it will not have these errors in it because some of us obviously are hearing some errors while others are not. So, again, I think that the net, the matrix is having some glitches today. So, <laughs> with that said, um, <laughs> we're sorry for this um, little setback, but... Again, hopefully that's our you that's our excuse, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, actually, that's that's it's got to be a, a real, bit of a fact because, <laughs> it, yeah, again, this in this case, it's the truth because, um, let me see. Yeah, I'm on the road, so that's how I ended up losing reception. But it's been clear since right after you mentioned it the first time. Um, this in and out experience now is due to the area I'm in, but I'm back in for the moment. That she's back in for the moment. Okay, so it is. Uh, we do have a lot of people who are listening on the road, and so many of you are having the same issues. So it comes down to reception in the areas that you're in, which, thank you, Lord, it's not us. So <laughs> I was like, this new system better work better. But um, I don't know what the glitch was earlier, um, whether that was in my microphone or something else. But we are back and glad that you all can hear when you get into those sections. But, again, you should be able to hear the show clearly in the replay. Uh, as I said, Are You Living Your Karma is going into next week. So next week's program, which is, oh, oh no, what is next week? Next week is it's not going to be whatever chat. we want it, it be to holistic. be. <laughs> it's going to be whatever much. we want it to be. <laughs> it, it should be holistic living, so we might just switch that around. We can but tie actually, it into that. <laughs> we can tie it in, actually. We can tie in. Um, um, are you living your karma to holistic living for a whole mm -hmm. lot of ways? Um, and we may delve into the things like addictions and things. Are you living your karma? Yeah. Are you? And when I say addictions, that could be almost anything, people. Right. Addictions could be whether you're addicted to porn or sexual addictions or drugs or um, even working out or doing all types of things. We need you to um, understand that Karma comes in many ways for all types of um, things. And we, if you're living a lie, maybe your lies are coming full circle. If you're a bad person and you think that you're the salt of the earth, maybe your world is about to come crashing down. There's all types of things that you can do. And for those of us who are on the receiving end of 
the bad karma from people or people who karma's about to knock at that door. We want to tell you how to make it through those storms as well. So, again, we're not quite sure how we may or may not tie it in. We may just switch and do open chat next week and do holistic living on the fourth week. Um, I have reached out to some of my um, representatives to get some uh, authors and experts on to talk about holistic living, not H-O-L-I-S-T, as much as it is W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. So we want to have holistic living, the whole picture, not just fruits and vegetables from your garden organically, but we want to talk about meditation, prayer, um, getting that stress level down, all of those things that make us better people in the end. So um, I'm glad that some of you, if you're still experiencing um, issues with the sound, uh, hopefully you'll come back and listen to the replay and you will not have that problem. Um, but thank you all for sticking it out and being in here with us, even though some of you were having reception problems. Big high five and shout out to you. Um, Jane, if you're still there and you want to add anything uh, to the topic of trusting your journey, and I know that um, I speak with Gene, oh gosh, several times a week. So I know his journey is um, bountiful. It's full of twists and turns. And hopefully he's on his way to his next destination. And um, he'll achieve that soon. But again, people, if you're in that ugly, ugly place, it's time for you to decide what you can do to cope until you have the next leg of your journey. You have that ticket for the next leg of your journey. So don't just jump into the ocean when you should only be wadding your feet in a puddle somewhere until you get your feet wet enough where you know that you're ready to trot on to the next leg. So that's about, I'm coming to the end of what I have to tell you about that, as I said, We'll be talking about living your karma next week on whichever show we're going to do. Like Shauna said, we're going to do whatever we want to do because we can do it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to be the boss. It's good to be in charge. And you know what? I'm like, well, okay, Miss Shauna, whatever you say. Because <laughs> sometimes I try to play the big sister. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, okay, I just put my hands up, okay, girl, whatever you say. And they're like, look at C. Marie. I'm like, I ain't got no problem with that, okay. I told her, I said, when I t- when Shauna came on board, I said, this is a growing thing for her and for me yeah. too, but I'm always growing people and I'm always learning. But I said, there'll be days when I'm going to let you take control and take charge. And the first thing she wrote was, well, how long were all the past shows used to be? They could be anywhere from 15 <laughs> minutes to two hours. I said, unfortunately, I'm not going to tell you, girl. You can do a lesson show. We're going to do on, whatever it takes. Hold on. Let, no, no. Out. Let's tie that to our lesson today, our talk today. We, we have to tie mm-hmm. that to the talk because that was me not trusting the process. Like I've been saying, you know, how do I get, you know, experience? How do I, you know, build a tribe? How do I do all these things? And then this, you know, not minimizing it falls in my lap. This 
amazing opportunity falls in my lap and it becomes now we have to control it because I have things to do. <laughs> I have this and this, what about this? Now, granted, it's not soccer season. It's getting into soccer season, so things will have to change here and there. But it became I didn't trust the process because I wanted to control it. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, little lessons you learn in the dark. <laughs> Whispers of the night. <laughs> God is like, girl, you asked for this. I'm trying to groom you for this. And here you go, trying to jump in the ocean. <laughs> but yet you still have the mindset yep. of the puddle. Mm, you hear that? Oh, that was good. That was good. Did you get it? <laughs> you want to jump in the ocean, but your mindset is still a puddle. That would be next week's conversation, too. <laughs> but look. But look, let's take it a step further. No, 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 no. They ready, uh-huh. They think uh-huh. they're ready for the ocean. They still standing mm-hmm. on the shore. They had not even gotten their feet right. wet in a puddle yet. Right. But they're like, yeah, right. I'm, I'm like, um, you're still on dry land. You haven't even right. begun the journey. What? You're standing on right. rock dry land, and you sitting out there thinking that you belong out there in the ocean without a boat or a paddle. Okay. Right. Or a life, a life jacket. <laughs> But yet you're dictating what everybody in the ocean is doing because you know more. You think you do. You know, with you're, you're ready for that. You know, you're <laughs> ready for that. And that's where, but you know what? That's where so many people get in trouble. And that's probably how we're going to end this because there are those people who think they know. You know, it's so bad when I go to work, for instance, and they tell me that the so-called leader always says, I know as much as she does. Then do it. I'll sit mm-hmm. here and still get paid every two weeks and let you do it since you know everything. And it's been one mistake after the other, and I keep a set of their mistakes, and I keep my work. I keep it all separate cause, because when an audit comes and they say, well, why did this happen? Go talk to this one because they said they know as much as I do. Not my mistake. Not my job to train leadership. Nope, not my job. Not my job. Not going to do it. You want to give your own positions that they don't belong in, your own needs to be prepared to face the ramifications of their ineptitude and incompetence. Then, nothing more to talk about. And some people might say, well, you can do that. You've been there, you said, 40 years. I said, you don't understand. In the current climate in this country, people like me are villainized every single day because we speak out. We don't, mm-hmm. They don't want to hear the truth. They would rather silence me, and if they could set me up and get rid of me, they would. Because they don't want to hear the truth. I'm old school. Everything about me, my retirement plan, everything is old school. Everyone else is this new retirement plan, new employees that don't really care one way or the other. And I want to say this because we try to keep it real on this program. One of the things that um, I was listening to another talk show a few days ago, and one of the things that the host said was, and this is directly tied into the current climate that some of you may be living in, because the hatred in this country has now spread and permeated throughout the world. And the host said this. They said that a person of color with a doctor's degree will make less money than the privileged with a high school diploma. Mm. Let me say that again. A person of color, any color, 
most colors, minus a few, but most colors with a doctor's degree, Ph.D., whatever it is, will make less money than one of the privileged with a high school diploma. I have witnessed this firsthand. People making good six-figure salaries with a high school diploma who don't have a clue about the job that they're actually getting paid to do. Things are becoming bad here, people. That is why we are stressing. You must trust your journey. You must look from within to make sure that the path that you're on is the right path. I've said this before. Now is the time for all you entrepreneurs to jump up to the plate. If you're good at crocheting, as Ali B said, learn how to do classes for that. They are now coming back. Sewing is coming back in style. Young people nowadays have no, and some old heads too, have no idea. All of the outfits they can make for little to no money if they knew how to sew. Right. Things like this, you have to trust your journey, but you, in order for you to trust your journey, you have to trust yourself. And in order for you to trust yourself, you must look from within. You have to stay, play it cool. Don't boast about what you're doing, what your plans are, because you have all of those toxic people out there waiting to pull you down to their level. You have the Uncle Toms and Thomasinas there waiting to run back to Massa to pull you down because they don't want to see you get ahead. I'm just going to put it out there. Some people, you're meek and timid and shy. You have those people who are going to try to walk all over you. So you have to find your voice. You have to know your journey, period, the end, not negotiable. It's a great place to end this program today. You have to trust your journey, but in order for you to trust the journey, you have to trust yourself, and in order for you to trust yourself, you must look deeply within. Turning it over to you, Shauna, to give your words yes. of wisdom. Well, the word I'm going to leave you guys with is invest in your own well. Invest in your own well, meaning what you pour out to help others, know that you're worthy to invest that in yourself. Invest in your own well so that you can discover who you are, so that you can walk your journey, right? Invest in your own well so that you can create opportunities that aren't being given to you that may be given to other people. Invest in your own well so that you can teach the young how to build generational wealth, crocheting, sewing. We just spoke of that. Invest in your own well so that you can become the featured actor, actress, the character in your story. You have to invest in yourself. There's a lot of opportunities out there. If you don't understand the process, you don't know how to, you may not even know how to learn. You may have been faking it all these years. There are endless resources out there. You don't know where to start. There's free courses online you can take. I just told someone the other day, there's a course called Learning How to Learn. 
on Coursera, I think it's called. Invest in your well so that your well can run us over and water the younger generation. So I leave you this day on this chilly Saturday morning here in Ohio, encouraging you to trust yourself so that you can trust the journey, so that you can reap the benefits of all your hard work. I love you guys. Until we talk next week, have a wonderful and a blessed week. Love you and take care. And with that said, people, as always, we want to pray each and every one of you enough. Pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. Also pray you enough rain to make those gardens of yours grow beautifully. We pray you enough smiles to turn a frown that you've been carrying around upside down, but most of all, Listen, we really want to pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be coming your way or knocking at your door at this very moment and beyond. We're stronger when we work together. So like I said at the beginning of the program, sometimes it's good to just talk one-on-one. And I know that you all love that because you can get so much more out of it, just kind of like you're sitting back there, eavesdropping on a good conversation or something. And hopefully you get what you need out of these lessons. I know I do, because when I listen to what Shauna has to say or what Jean has to say or whomever's partaking in our conversation, I'm learning something. So many people have this false concept that because we're at the top of our game that we can't learn. And if you're with teachers who believe that, you're in the wrong classrooms. Our shows are never scripted. We don't know how they're going to go or what's going to happen. So you know that we keep it real. We'll always tell you what we know that you need to hear, not what you want to hear, because usually what you want is more excuses, and we're not here to give those to you. So until next time, as we begin, we we will end with Tori Lee's finally, and of course, we chimed in. We will chime out. I love the sound of my singing bowl. So until next week, and again next week, we will be talking about the question or answering the question, are you living your karma until next time, I'm C. Maria Wall with Shauna G., uh, Jane, The Quiet Storm, all of our guests, all of you in the chat room. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you soon. While our music is playing, I want you all to know some of you have written to me and said, are you singing in the background? 
Actually, I am. I didn't know that you all could hear me because I'm singing so low, but yes, I'm singing in the background, so I'll have to be more mindful of that from this point on. Anyway, we are out. Enjoy the remainder of your weekend. I'll see you here um, maybe tomorrow for Sunday morning inspiration. It depends on how I'm feeling between now and then, so come back and look at our schedule. If uh, not, I'll see you back next week for the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe on Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, U.S., right here, and then Sunday for the Sunday Morning Inspiration, which airs at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings right here on the Healing Through Heard iTalk Radio Network. So until next time, be well, be blessed. I'm turning the music back up. I'll see you soon. Have a great day. Better and I thank you.